0: Welcome back, my gardening friends, to another Focal Point Friday episode. Let's spend just a few minutes together reviewing a snippet of information from a previous episode, highlighting a new topic, or quickly focusing on a current event in the food and agriculture world. Let's get down and dirty. If there was ever a time to be an organic gardener and understand where our food is being grown and how it's produced, it's now. Environmentalists and scientists have talked for years about the possible side effects of glyphosate use, which is the world's most widely used herbicide. Scientists have speculated about the long-term effects it could have, and only recently have we begun to see the studies that are definitively showing these effects. So over the last 10 years, a family medicine practitioner in East Salinas, California, began noticing something very strange with his younger patients. Dr. Charles Limbach had kids in his practice between 5 and 15 years old, showing elevated levels of liver enzymes. This is a sign of liver inflammation. So Limbach ordered a full panel of medical tests on each of his patients, and he repeatedly saw the same result fatty liver disease. He said, when I trained in family medicine here in Salinas about 30 years ago, fatty liver was never even mentioned. Now, a hundred kids in his practice have fatty liver disease, which is characterized by excess fat stored in the liver, which can lead to long-term liver damage. So Dr. Limbach had read a research study out of UC San Diego that showed a link between fatty liver disease in adults exposure to glyphosate. So this was cause enough for alarm. And then he noted that many of the kids in his practice ate cereal products from crops that are treated with glyphosate. Thousands of people have filed lawsuits against Monsanto, the maker of Roundup, and its parent company, Bayer, claiming that exposure to glyphosate caused them to develop cancer, especially non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now some of these lawsuits have resulted in very large verdicts for the plaintiffs, others have been settled by Bayer. The plaintiffs allege that Monsanto failed to warn users of the carcinogenic potential of the glyphosate, which was classified as probably carcinogenic to humans by the World Health Organization. Of course, these lawsuits all resulted from adults using these products in both professional and home environments and being directly exposed. But lab tests conducted by the Environmental Working Group, which is a nonprofit advocacy group that specializes in toxic chemicals and corporate accountability, back in 2018 indicated that almost three quarters of the 45 food products they tested contained levels of glyphosate. These foods included cereals and other foods marketed to children. Glyphosate is routinely used on crops like corn, soy, wheat, oats, barley, legumes, and other produce. So the fact that it's in our food should be no surprise to anybody. And while the levels of glyphosate found in these foods was within the EPA's regulatory safe levels, we're now seeing the long-term effects of this exposure played out right in front of us. New research from the UC Berkeley School of Public Health shows that childhood exposure to glyphosate is linked to liver inflammation and metabolic disorder in early adulthood, which could lead to liver cancer, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease later in life. So now we have the research that may be proving Dr. Limbach's suspicions about his patients and their exposure. Brenda Eskenazi is the director of UC Berkeley's Center for Environmental Research and Children's Health. And her team used data that she started gathering way back in 2000. So from 2000 to 2002, the researchers enrolled pregnant women and babies into their research. From birth to age 18, Eskenazi's team collected hundreds of thousands of biological samples, health records, and glyphosate exposure data from 480 mother-child pairs. Now, it's important to note that these families lived in the Salinas Valley, and it is nicknamed America's salad bowl for a reason. It produces nearly half of all of our lettuce here in the U.S., It's a highly agricultural area, and of course, glyphosate use in that area has continued to climb just like it has in the rest of the world. So in their new study, the researchers analyzed urine samples from the pregnant mothers and their children at ages 5, 14, and 18. So the samples that were collected in 2000, when the mothers were pregnant had non-detectable levels of glyphosate and AMPA, which is a derivative of glyphosate, which the researchers noted is consistent with the relatively low use of glyphosate at that time. But by 14 years of age, though, many of the study participants had measurable levels of glyphosate and AMPA in their urine, which was consistent with the rising global glyphosate application levels. High concentrations of glyphosate and AMPA in the children's urine was linked to liver inflammation and metabolic syndrome by the time they were 18 years old. And even though the EPA says there's no evidence of human health risk, most of the previous glyphosate research has been focused on its potential for causing cancer. This is the first time that researchers have examined the potential connection between exposure to glyphosate early in life and metabolic and liver disease, both of which are increasing among children and young adults nationwide. So Eskenazi and her team have plans to go deeper into this investigation. The researchers have also been collecting health data on neurodevelopment, respiratory disease, hormones, puberty, among other things, in the same population they've already studied. Eskenazi said, and I quote, We need to follow up with the whole cohort and see what associations we see, not only with metabolic disease, but other health outcomes as well. Like I said, one more reason to be vigilant in what we grow what we buy and what we eat. We've got enough environmental disturbances going on around us causing health problems. We don't need our food, especially the food we feed to our children, to be another cause. As always, if you want to see the research for yourself or maybe just read the highlights, the links to all of my resources are in the show notes. Thanks for joining me on this Vocal Point Friday. I'll be back again on Tuesday for another regular episode of the Just Grow Something podcast podcast. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon.